Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Purnima Senha, who comes from a meditational background spanning over three generations. She has presented meditation segments and workshops at IONS conferences and has been teaching guided meditation with breathing techniques in the hospital for over 13 years. Her motto is self-care equals self-love. And today we'll be discussing her after-death communication with her mother and father. Pernima, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I love your show. I always listen to your podcast. Very interesting guests you bring and it's very educational. So thank you so much. Thank you. Pernima, can we start with the after-death communication that you have with your mother? Okay, definitely. I waited 21 years. I never talked about it except for the in IN because uh, I end, finding I end is a, another story. And I know for sure my mother is behind it. We, I lost my mo- mother uh, 21 years ago, August 24, uh, 2002. So as for anybody, you know, losing mother is very uh, uh, heartbreaking, even though I was 42 years old. And uh, she told me in advance that when I leave, do not cry, do not uh, hang on to me because the soul wants to go back home. So let me go peacefully. But I couldn't remember all those things she told me when I was 14, 15 year old. So when she got sick uh, and uh, I was in US and she's in India. So another thing, she was always worried that, uh, and I'm the youngest in the um, you know, my sibling. So she was always kind of worried that if she be able to, I be able to come there when she has her last breath. So she was kind of uh, worried. Other thing was like, she was very scared of death, even though she was very spiritual person, but some reasons she was very scared of death. So what happened when she got sick, my dad got also sick. So they both were sick at the same time because I think it's because of the soul, because my dad passed away seven months later when she passed. So I went to India and she was in the hospital. So she came back home and within a week she passed. So when she we brought her home, doctor said, you know, she's uh, she was like 83, 84 year old. So doctor said they cannot do much. So take take her home. So we we did, my brother did, he was taking care of uh, her and my father. And I was there. And when I saw both of them in that situation, I was just crying like a child. And my brother got really mad at me that why I'm acting like that. You are an adult, why are you doing that? And the reason thing, I think now, you know, after her death, that I had some unfinished emotional stuff you know, with her. That's why, you know, all my life I was uh, craving for her love. 
even though she told me that she loved me and i i truly deep down knew she loved me but some reason i never had any childhood memory with her and that bothered me when i got older so th- age maybe 35 36 year old i was and she was visiting me here so i told her all the complaint i had with her that you didn't do this and this like you know like we blame people we blame especially our mother what they did wrong and she listened everything i said and then she said no it's not true <laughs> so then i got more mad that she did not acknowledge it so when she was passing i was so much like in between and my father was in the room and my father told one uh, family member that remove me from the room because because of purnima she cannot die so when i heard that part i was so shocked that why he saying that and literally like a flip of a switch on and off i stopped crying i don't know what happened and then i started prayer uh, sitting next to her literally doing the prayer and i was telling her please let me know if you can hear me because she was not talking for last 2 3 days she was very weak she will open her eyes she will look at me and she knew what who i am but then she will close it so i told her that somehow she has to show me if she she can listen to me and very gently she folded her hand with all the strength she had so i knew she could hear me so and i started doing prayer all i all i can remember that when she told me many years ago when i was young then when i leave let me go peacefully don't cling on to me so my father uh, was listening everything he was next to her so he asked me that what day is today and i said today is thursday so he paused and he said she will be gone by sunday and she heard it so very very soft voice she was telling my father that you being again smart being smart with me giving me this thing so i said oh my goodness that means you are listening every conversation we are having so that day the last night i didn't know that on saturday when she was going to bed you know she was yeah of course on the bed and i told her my mystic you know word which we call it in in my uh, prayer which is radha swa ami and i told her and i said go go to sleep and i told her i put one hand on her chest and one hand on her head literally and i told her that please go peacefully and i told you love me and you care for me and i have no uh grudges or anything whatever i complained to you before i have nothing and i will be fine so you go peacefully and that's my prayer to you and literally next day when i was uh, talking to my dad in the morning i uh, had a milk glass of milk for my dad and then i was looking at my mom i was speaking like that and my father said she's gone and of course she died in the morning probably between 5 and 7 in the morning so that's the story when she died but something happened which i could not figure it out much 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 later i literally felt like something came to me when i was looking her dead body and i could not had the word for it 
I could not, I, I, I was in so much uh, shock, pain, uh, grief that, you know, I could not sleep for like 15 days. So when I came back here, actually, I, when I was in Delhi, I was literally uh, kind of collapsing in a, in a dramatic way, I'm saying, but it's like literally I had no energy. I was literally feeling her energy that she was with me. And I could not figure it out. I was keep telling in my mind that, please, I have to go to U.S. because my younger son was in college. And I was in, I was literally in a very nervous breakdown kind of that I could not sleep. And I, I how I'm going to go back because my flight was with this, uh, whatever the airlines was, it has like 10 hour uh, wait in uh, uh, Sweden. So when I was during my travel, which I was very sick, uh, emotionally and physically, I literally felt something on my shoulder, on my right shoulder. The whole flight, like uh, I have a shawl of her. And so I literally have felt like, you know, her hand is on my shoulder that I'm with you. But that time, you know, I never heard about ADC till 2013. So I never knew about this subject, what it ADC is. And when I came home, I felt her presence for at least three months especially in my uh, kitchen and living area where I spend most of the time. And I was in so much grief. I could not figure it out what happened, when what happened, you know, after death and everything. So it was a grieving period from 2002 to 2007. And then what happened, I found uh, Raymond Modi video and what he talks about after death. And when I heard his video, I said, you know, my mother told me when I was 16 year old. So I was very shocked that this, this is a subject. So after that, I made a promise to her when she was, uh, they were getting old. She used to tell me that uh, nobody comes and sit down with us and talk when we get old. Of course, like old people, nobody wants to sit and talk. So I made a promise to myself that I'm going to one day I will go and talk to old people. So for some reason, another, another you know, everything is intuitively. And I, when I get the intuition, I do not question. That's the way I am. My father was very intuitive. So I always trusted my guidance. So something told me when my son became a doctor, which uh, was a big deal for me, I was telling at my work every day that I don't want to work here anymore. I want to work in the hospital. And everybody was saying that, why you're saying it? You don't want to support your other son? I said, no, he will be fine. And sure, after one month, when my son started his residency, getting his paycheck, my was last paycheck. I got laid off. And I was so happy that I can do whatever I want to do. Then I started working in the hospital. And I truly, truly, uh, I cannot say believe, but truly know in my heart is that my mother is behind everything because the guidance I was getting intuitively what to do. So I went to the hospital, got my volunteer work paper done, and I started working as a in the bariatric. 
and then i heard a voice in my you know in like a guidance that i have to see patient and i could not figure out what what is trying to tell me so i asked somebody that i'm doing the volunteer work but i'm keep you know hearing in my heart that uh, few few doctors they are very open to it this again i didn't know if this is after death communication at that point because this is 2008 so uh, then they told me that patient advocate is the job you might to do, might want to do so i started doing that and when i started doing that the voice got quiet and every time i do something i felt her presence i don't see things i just feel the presence that's all i can say i don't hear voice but i when i hear uh, guidance it's very clear it's like just few word not a whole sentence so that's how it started with the death communication throughout uh, since she died till i started working in the hospital which is 2008 and then 2000 13 i was still going through the grief period and somehow i was in so much pain and my knee got locked and i have end up going in the hospital and come back and i was in lot of pain that day so i was resting and of course i was praying because i that's what i do my i love talking to god or divine i go i define god is like god goal of divine so i was praying a lot because i was in lot of pain and again i felt her presence next to me on the bed for very long time and then i when i felt it for very long time then i got little scared and i literally said now you go i am i will be okay i i knew that i was telling her but i knew that these energy it wants to help not to scare you so those things you know led me to i was googling one time on the youtube and mr bill guggenham a video showed up i don't know how it came but again i know she's behind all this thing because uh you know the that she wanted to i think console me and give me love more love i think after her physical body was gone so i when i uh, heard this uh, talk bill mr bill guggenham hello from heaven this chapter uh, and i told him that all this experience i have it <coughs> so i emailed him and called on the website sorry i get sometimes choked so he called me and i was so shocked that author can call you and when he called and i told him about this uh, experience he said yes purnima you have after death communication i said what is that he said the you know soul the energy is always there so it's always guiding you and helping you and i said i don't you know i don't know if i can talk to anybody he said she said don't have to convince anybody you just uh, you know this is for you for your experience then he told me that a conference is going to be happen in ients in your town and i don't didn't have to go anywhere so i went there and i met 
then I found out this ADC, which I had, I think, all my life. If I look back uh, of my uh, other family members, I get their information literally like uh, some of the things which is hard to say because of uh, the families. But uh, it it is very, very uh, uh, true experience. And it's very energy, spiritually, I think is uh, helpful for the soul to, uh, to deal with the grief. When you would hear a voice and it was only a few words, were you hearing her voice or your own voice, like a message coming through your voice? I don't, I don't think so. I can explain. It's not my voice. It's a voice. Uh, I think it's like a divine voice. But when uh, when I have uh, her guidance, it's totally different. So I can literally uh, define two. One is like intuitiveness, which is a higher intelligence. I call it supreme being or creator or whatever. And one is her, her presence and her energy. But the beauty of it, I was had some issue with her. That's why I think, you know, I, she's showing me more. But the opposite way, you know, I was very close to my dad, very close to my dad. So when he passed, I had like a shared death experience with him. Hmm. When we calculate the timing, he was uh, leaving. That time I was doing meditation and it's like 10 hour, 10 and a half hour difference, the time difference, India and here. And that's a totally different story. But what happened when he passed, I did not get any death communication. Like, no, I didn't feel his presence. I didn't hear anything. So that bothered me so much. I said, I was so close to him. Why I don't feel him? Why? Because I felt my mother all the time, like at least for six months. But on his case, I never felt anything. So I was sad that I was so close to him. Why he's not, you know, showing me something or telling me something. So I was most upset. So what happened one day, I was doing meditation. It was during, and I do meditation in the morning, laying down some most of the time, close to probably between four and six in the morning. So it's like very silent. So that day I remember very vividly, it's like a sleep, but not sleep. So I don't know what dimension I was in. And I, I was in my uh, left side uh, on and on the right, on my right side, I knew that, he was there, his presence, I felt his presence and very gentle hand on my head, just like touching your head with the hair. That's how I felt. But it took me probably a year later. So that was a total different experience. You mentioned that your father died of soul sickness and I'm assuming that means that maybe he was sad that his wife was gone and then he eventually left. Can you talk more yeah. about that? They knew each other. I think they were in college or high school. So, and they were totally opposite. My mother was very pessimistic and my father was very optimistic, like total opposite. So we used to make fun of them that how did they get married? <laughs> so... So, but they were like, they were like meant to be each other light up. So when my mom died, literally my father did not get up from the bed. 
I was there a month almost. I stayed one month after I came back here. And we, I was keep asking, please get up. You will read newspaper or magazine because that's why they used, used to have fight with who wants to read the newspaper first, who wants to read the magazine first. So, and I said, you know, now mom is gone. Now you can sleep all the time. You can read, you can do whatever you want. And he said, no, since she's gone, I just want to go with her. So he literally was taking one teaspoon, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, literally. And he did not get up at all. So he didn't die with the sickness. He got weaker and weaker and weaker. And I knew I, uh, my mom died in August. I uh, went back again in India in January because my son, uh, my older son, he was uh, getting admission in the medical school. So and my mom always wanted one person to be a doctor in the family. So she, I asked her, please hold on to that. He's going to become doctor. She said, no, I know he will be fine. I know he will be fine. So I talked to my dad and my dad uh, gave my son blessing. And my younger son, he wrote letter to him. And he told me that, uh, you know, he wants to go join my mom. And that broke my heart. Again, you know, it's as if, as a you know child you always have your mom and dad you know love which is unconditional so when i was coming back uh, to us in end of january i knew that i will not see my dad so i literally said goodbye to him that i know i'm going back uh, us and i know i'm not going to see you so i'm saying goodbye to you and i started crying so he held my face like this and kissed my forehead and he said, don't cry and leave like this face. Give me a smile and then leave because I want to remember your face, a smiling face. So this happened in January and he passed away 29th of March. And that was very peaceful for me because I knew that I was saying goodbye. But when he was dying, the day he was dying, before that whole week, I was so sick. My job, uh, my boss told me that you cannot function here anymore. So just take a break, go home and stay and just work, you know, just, just rest. So whole week I was home. I was just praying to, you know, God that please take him because we cannot, I cannot bear seeing him like that. And uh, when he passed, uh, that moment, I never do meditation. It was 6.30 in the evening. So that time I was in front of my fireplace and I was just praying and praying. And uh, we went out and came back on and on my answering machine, uh, my uh, message uh, from my niece that uh, grandfather passed away. So when I calculated the time, I was with him when he was leaving his physical body. You practice a type of meditation called Surat Shabd Yoga. What is that? A Surat Shabd Yoga is an ultra-transcendental meditation. Um, they, uh, we are from Dialbagh, India, which is in Agra. And my parents are, were from there. My grandparents were from there. So is uh, there's a meditational practice uh, in the brain. We have like uh, different centers in the nerve centers in our brain. So if somebody wants to, you know, research in that, uh, uh, what it is that or the detail of the literature, uh, I can uh, provide you the link. 
but is basically going to a paravidya and paravidya, which is physical and then non-physical. So when we go beyond the mind, which is like non-physical, because your ego, your mind is always giving the chatter information. So when you become still, you can literally hear what your inner guidance, your uh, you can call God, divine soul, spirit, what does not matter the word. It literally guides you beyond this Brahmand, universal mind. So we can get connected and get the information. It's literally like a database. You get the connection and you get the information. And that's the beauty of this intuition. My father was very intuitive. Even my mom's uh, father, my, my nana, my grandfather, mother's side, was, uh, we found out very late. He wrote his uh, day of the death and time of the death and put it in the paper and put it in one of the books, uh, spiritual book, holy books, which the family member found out much later, year. So they say, you know, I have read it that soul knows two or three years prior before it leaves. So the people who has done very high uh, in tuning meditational stuff, transcendental meditation, they can uh, get the information that when you're leaving. Would you say that you are a Hindu or do you practice some other type of religion? I really don't believe in any religion, but born, we are born Hindu in India. My parents were Hindu, but Truly, I, you know, I literally, I, I think all the religions talk about the same love, which is divine love, and we are all part of the same divine. So I, you know, you, I can say that I born with as a Hindu label, but I don't believe in any, any, not like a religion, uh, those things that they divide people. You'd mentioned that you were saying prayers, and I was curious about that. Were those Hindu prayers or just something that you made up? No, this is, uh, uh, again, uh, the Surat Shabd Yog. They have, the, they, they have holy books, and they have the sound, the mystic sounds. And uh, it's a com com combination of like five different sounds. So that's the way I was raised. So that's the thing only I knew. So that kind of chanting and the prayers I was doing through those holy books. Have you ever had an OBE? I, again, the, I never knew this OBE is a subject. I had OBE since I can remember 1988, which I never knew what was that. Can you tell us about some of your experiences? It's really scary in the beginning and I didn't even know. And I was asking so many people that uh, it happened to you, it happened to you. And everybody said, no, no, no. But finally, one of the co-worker, he's a young kid, uh, Damien at my work. And I, I was explaining to him one time. And these young kids are much faster finding out the information on the internet. I could not find any information on the internet and then find out this is sleep paralysis. And then just after I found out about this, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I saw his documentary on CNN. And then uh, I figured it out what this thing is. So after that, I was not very scared, but what happened like is so real. You can see your body and you're going around places you exactly like your this life is happening everything is same but it come you come back 
but the part is that when this uh, this happened you cannot move you cannot open your eyes and you cannot speak so that is very scary but once you get out of that uh, scaredness then you are comfortable doing it so sometimes most no i cannot let me rephrase it i think most of the time it happens during my meditation so you can just go into deep meditation and then you'll just leave your body and then you can turn around and actually see it sitting or lying there sometimes yes sometimes no sometimes i felt like jerk big jerk like you know like literally let somebody shook you like that so you feel your body it's very interesting <laughs> again it's very hard to explain till you have the experience when you do leave it and see it behind do you go out into the universe or go exploring or what do you do i have no clue i don't remember i know i do something and that time i remember but when i come back sometimes it fades away right right away and sometimes i it does not so i have journals for uh, last 21 years i write in my journal hmm. yeah all right because, because um, talking about this thing uh, is a lot of people are not open to it so is is uh, and i don't like to convince anybody because it's my own experience but i know is is something beyond which is a physical body can or our mind can comprehend i think i got it my from my dad i felt like either your dad was intuitive or spiritual or he just knew her medical condition because he had known when she was going to pass that was beauty he was very intuitive from the beginning and when i was a child i used to walk with him every day so he used to tell me that life will give you lot of lesson and the only thing you have to remember just that mystic word which you know we uh, repeat over and over and he said just that that will help you it has a high frequency energy and uh, that i remember when when the life got tougher and it it happened to everybody what is that word that we call it ra dha swa a me and that's something that you chant yeah you can chant you can uh, like say it slowly and you can focus on that word can you tell that to me again r a ra mm mm-hmm. then d h a s v a a a h m i but it comes from the radha swami faith which is r a d h a s o a m i faith okay so yeah. that is radha swami yeah when when we chant we do it in a five dissection like radha swami but when you write you just say one word radha swami r a d h a s o a m i faith this in the books is had the more uh, especially i have a book here if somebody wants it is it in lot of university these days stanford has it yale had it uh, all the uh, um, big university have this book this book can uh, you can have a lot of information it's all scientific based scientist based this book is the name of the book is exposition on truth ultimate reality and supreme being and written, written by professor prem saran satsangi 
So how did you start giving meditation classes in the hospital? That is such a good question. I'm glad you asked because I knew, you know, in my heart, I promised my mom that I want to talk to old people and old people I can find. I always wanted to work in hospital. I don't know why from the childhood. And people will say that you have a doctor degree, no nursing degree, no any health education degree, no. But I still knew in my heart that I want to teach, do something to with hospital. So when I started my hospital work, a volunteer, which 6.30 in the morning, uh, which my husband think was very crazy going to volunteer work 6.30 in the morning. And I will pass the chapel, hospital chapel. And I get really happy. And I always, uh, again, very intuitive. So I always listen to my inner voice. So when I was putting my volunteer application, I was filling it out in the chapel. And my son, younger son, who is a big Instagram uh, influencer. So he he knows that. he. I wrote it down, my all my volunteer information. I filled the application. But I told him that, you know, my dream job is one day to teach meditation. So this happened in 2008, January. So, you know, universe, again, universe listened to everything. So I started working and then I had to change it for my, again, what I said about my mom guidance that I have to see patients. So I started as a patient advocate job. So when I started patient advocate job, they told us the hospital that do not go to the cancer unit. All other units, you can go and visit patient and ask, how are you doing? How is the hospital treatment? Because we are from the patient side. So I said, okay. So, but one day what happened, there is no accident. So I went to the wrong unit, I guess. And as soon as I entered, one very sophisticated lady was crying. And again, as a volunteer, they tell us, do not touch people unless they want to be touched. So, and I asked her that, uh, can I give you a hug? She was crying, really. I was really feeling bad. So she said, yes, and she hugged me. And as soon as she hugged me, she said, you came to the right moment because my husband just died. And then later on, I found out that was a cancer unit. So I told my um, volunteer uh, coordinator, who's the... Uh, in charge, I said, you know, I want to work in the cancer unit. I know you guys told me that don't work in the patient advocate as a volunteer, but I like to work there. So she said, okay, if you want to go and work and you don't want to get depressed or anything, then go ahead, please work. So I started working with cancer patient. So one day what happened, I went to this room and sometimes they have mixed patients. So not necessarily all patients are cancer because some room is empty. So they shift other patient to that unit also. But that day I uh, went there and one girl, she was very young, 35 year old. It's literally, you know, I was talking to her and she said, can you pray for me? I said, of course, because that's my favorite things to do. She said, why are you, that's favorite thing? You're not sick or anything. I said, no, but I love talking to God every morning. I tell my plan and then I go with her, his plan. So I was telling her about books and quotations, whatever helped me. So she said, you know, I really appreciate you, Purnima, telling me all this thing, but I am so weak. I cannot read, sit down and read. So what I started doing that, uh, there is a book by Marian Williamson, Return to Love. So what I will do each chapter, I will read and I'll make a summary and I will email to her. 
So that's that way on the email, she will read just the kind of summary about that book. So that's how this, uh, you know, this thing is started. And then one day what happened, uh, I was going to uh, visit one patient and she was completely in dark room. So I just didn't want her to disturb. So I just peeked and say, hello, how are you? And she didn't move. So I said, I, I guess she's sleeping. So as soon as I started to walk out, she held her head like this with both hands and she asked me, do you know how to stop the mind? And then I came back, then I started telling her about meditation. That's another long story, but uh, finally, you know, you know, she died like maybe a year later or something, I'm not sure. But uh, more and more patient, I was giving the information about meditation and prayer because when you are literally sick, you ask for prayer, prayer from anybody. That time you do not care about anybody's religion. Because when we are good, healthy, we care about religion. That I want me, I'm Hindu, I'm this, I'm that. But that time you, when you're dying, you don't care about anything. You just want to go peacefully. So a lot of people were asking, patients were asking me to pray for them. So I was doing prayer with them, prayer for them. I will go and give them books if they want to read. So I will read to them. I will read Bible with them. So the hospital found out. And then the administration uh, contacted me if I want to teach there. So when I heard that, I knew this universe is always listening. The intention has to be very clear. If the intention is to gain something for your own ego, universe will never support. So I started working in hospital 2008. And this manifested in 2010, actually. So, and then what happened in a start, any program in the hospital, you have to have data. So my older son, who's a doctor, he provided me a lot of articles with, with the benefit of the meditation. So I submit all these things because a lot of uh, doctors are very much into uh, training, uh, you know, patient, how to do that, how to relax, stress management. So I had to provide all the information. I had meeting with like 10, 20 doctors. They all know that, but they have to have like a proof uh, to submit all the paperwork before the hospital pays for the class. So then it is started officially and it was for the cancer patient only. So it was, I was doing for cancer patients and for the hospital staff. So it is started 2010 and officially by my paying job kind of, 2013 till the COVID hits, which is 2020. So uh, this is, again, I know this is my mom and dad behind, but the divine is with, you know, the whole plan I think is to spread love and uh, unconditional love. And we are all connected with each other. Has either your mother or father left you symbols like feathers or coins or anything? I, I receive a lot of penny. But uh, in India, we never talked about this. Uh, you can receive penny for like they believe here. So uh, I don't know, but I always get pen. Whenever I receive penny, I I just I just I collect penny. Whatever I get from the you know uh, outside, I collect in a small bag and then I donate. Can you tell us more about how to stop the mind chattering? Sure. 
this happened in the in the hospital with the one of the patient and later on i found out she was a cancer patient so what happened when that day i was visiting uh, she was sleeping that person and as was i was leaving he, she asked me how to stop the mind so i started telling her about the books of um, uh, dr wayne dyer i was talking about dr christian northup and all others uh, which helped me when i was going through stuff so she started telling me that uh, she does not have uh, internet at home she does not have tv so i was kind of little concerned that everybody have tv and cable these days so she said no she lost her job so she had to cut cable so i said okay so you can get the books from the library so she said uh, yes but we have only one car so my husband takes his car so i said okay uh, when you go home let me know so if i can help you i i can bring books for you from the library so as i think i was talking to her maybe like 10 15 minutes and her husband walked in that time i did not that was her husband it was much younger than her and as soon as he entered my voice it, the i the voice i heard to shake his hand which i never do i never do to anybody and especially with this stranger and my hand automatically gone for the for the shaking hand and i shook his hand as i shook his hand the voice said you have to help this person so i'm just i just listen i don't question it so after the conversation uh, with those both of them they find out that that's her husband then she told me that uh, they lo he lost his job too she lost her job and she's sick she don't have internet they don't have car and now after writing i don't know how many months later he lost his job so i said okay give me your phone number which i which i again i never do so i took uh, their phone number cell number and i came home and my husband he works for the corporation the big corporation so he i come home as soon as he he came in the evening i told him that you have to find a job for this person and he smiled and he said yeah right i work for the corporation i don't own the corporation but i said no again i'm telling you you have to find something for him i don't know how but you have to find it so it just easy come and go so wednesday is my rounding time so wednesday this happened on wednesday i this uh, incident then in the uh, evening i told my husband so thursday nothing happened and then friday my husband called me from his work he said remember you were telling about that guy send him to my work so i said okay so i called this guy i don't i don't want to his, uh, say his name i said you know uh, my husband is calling me and telling me you go to his office and fill out the application again this is a corporate world it does not happen easily you have to go to the human resource you have to get approval which take months so he went on friday put this application uh, fill out the application and that uh, job was not his match so so he did his application then the weekend came saturday sunday monday my husband <clears throat> called from office he said send that guy back again so i called him i said he wants you back go go to his work so he went to his work and my husband had a meeting with his boss 
in his uh, in Maryland somewhere. So he was telling uh, his boss that I found a person. Oh, no, his boss asked, did you find anybody for this position? My husband said, no, we have not. But there is a guy came on from Friday for this interview, but it's not a match. So usually, if it does not match, there is no question. But somehow, my husband boss, he said, just hire him. And my husband said, what? How can I hire him? Because this has to go to the corporate office, which is in Denver. Then it has to go to the human resource to get his background check. It takes like few weeks. And then, you know, I can do that. So he said, no, 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 I'm just saying you just, just say yes. So Tuesday, he got approval from the corporate. And Wednesday, this guy started working in his office. So when he came home, he said, I don't know what is happening, but I've never seen this experience in my whole life, in my career. So this guy hired a week later in his office. That's amazing. So this is going on. <laughs> Can you give us tips on how to stop our own minds from chattering? The best trick is uh, a new earth is written by Dr. E not Dr. Eckhart Tolle. Uh, he did a webinar with Oprah and 30 million people downloaded that book. And that book is literally freed me. Uh, there is a chapter in pain body he talks about. But uh, the main thing for uh, meditation to quiet the mind is bring your attention to your breath. Because you cannot be present, which is vertical, which is inhale and exhale. And this is past and this is future. So the mind cannot be present and think about past and future at the same time. So that's the trick. So when anybody do meditation, bring your awareness to your inhale. Literally feel the air moving through your nose all the way to your belly and exhale. We are breathing through the nose and breathing out through the nose. When we do that, our thoughts subside immediately because mind cannot be present and think about past and future at the same time. So as soon as you know with your awareness that you're drifting with your thoughts here and there, you bring your attention to your breath, which is now. That's the easiest way to ground yourself and start meditation. That was breathe in and out through your nose or out yes. through your mouth? No, out through your mouth, you only do it if you're stressed out. So suppose you're stressed out, you do at least like maybe 10 breaths, inhale through the nose and breathe out through the mouth. But after that, you do through your nose and through your out. Both are through the nose. Because mm. when we are charging the battery, like meditation is like charging your battery. If you take the plug out all the time, which is doing through your mouth, which is a stress response. Whenever we are under stress, we do like <sighs> automatically. So that's a stress response. The stress is getting out. So you can do that few times. And then when you start doing meditation, you feel your no through your nose, inhale and exhale through your nose. Hmm. All right. This is called conscious breathing. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. How can they do that if you're okay with that? They can uh, email me, but make sure if, if you email me, write about that Jeff Mara podcast. 
on the subject. Otherwise, you know, I will delete it because a lot of times, you know, so many spam things come. So I don't want to open the any email unless I know it, where it's coming from. Or you can private message me through the Facebook. I'm not into the Facebook uh, much, but on the message, I can respond on the private message. And I do private sessions. So if you have any uh, any question, and I do private session also, so I can help you with that. What is your email address? My email address is P like Peter, S like Sam, R-A-N-C-H-I at gmail.com. I'll put a link to your email and your Facebook page in the description if that's okay with you. Sure. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Love is real. Anything else is illusion. It's from Course of Miracle. Purnima, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Oh, thank you so much. I love your podcast. You are doing a wonderful job. And this is, this is, we are all connected and we are all together. So many things, try their media or whatever, try to scare us. I think so many people are doing good stuff. They don't report it. So thank you for doing such a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.